Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. As part of our 2022 College Contender Series, we are attempting to speak with each of the head coaches of our top 10 preseason teams. As such, I am joined on today's show by the head coach of our preseason number 10 men's team. It's University of Kentucky men's tennis head coach Cedric Kaufman joining the show today to reflect on his team's 2021 results, discuss the strengths and weaknesses of his team's roster entering the new year, offer his thoughts on some of the biggest conversations happening right now in college tennis, and so much more. It is a fantastic conversation that I know all of you listeners are going to enjoy. I will say a huge thank you to Coach Kaufman, Coach Gordon, Coach Cobalt for putting up with my nonsense all year long. If I was better at scheduling, we would have had Coach Kaufman on prior to today, but super excited to get to pick his brain, a guy who has dedicated pretty much all of his life to the game of college tennis. And again, I know all of you listeners are going to enjoy today's episode. So without further ado, let's get to it. Here is my conversation with Kentucky men's tennis head coach, Cedric Hoffman. Joining us on the podcast today is a man who bleeds Kentucky Blue. Of course, you may know him from his college career with the Wildcats. He was a three-time ITA All-American, three-time All-SEC performer. From there, he's transitioned to the coaching ranks. And of course, he has led his Kentucky program to the precipice of the top of college tennis. So far so that we have him as our number 10 team heading into the 2022 season. A team all of us are excited to watch the head coach of the Kentucky Men's Wildcats, Cedric Kaufman. Coach, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for the introduction. This is a great introduction. I feel there should be smoke or like a, like a Bercy Open, the Paris Open. It's a great introduction. Thank you. You know, we actually hired the same DJ, so when you listen back to this in podcast form, you'll hear like a boo, 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 boo. As I'm going through that introduction, just rigging you in. But, you know, I always got to butter you up at the start. But uh, listeners may not know this. This is a podcast that's been a long time coming. It's because I'm horrible with scheduling. Uh, But it is great to finally have you on the show. And we get you on a recruiting trip abroad as well. I just want to start start there. To be able to back on recruiting trips and to be able to be a college coach again with so many of the restrictions now removed – that's got to feel good for you, right? Yeah, it, it does. And I, I truly enjoy traveling and, and meeting people, meeting families and seeing the players live. Um, it was for about, a, you know, for about a year it was a little slow, you know, and I was a little tired of Zoom call, even though you and I are on a Zoom call. <laughs> I will be uh, two more watching a lot of, of, you know, players and things like that. So I'm excited going back on the road. How difficult was it to do recruiting via live stream? Obviously, so much of college tennis is watching streams when you're trying to scout other teams or you're watching watching back footage of course but especially for in person i feel like for young players watching them compete or noticing the little things they do that has to have just you know that's had to have been the maybe the most difficult part of all of the covid stuff particularly once you got your own team back on court yeah it was very tough like you said the little things that you see at tournaments how they you know talk to their friends how the families how they interact was very important uh, we were a little bit lucky since our team was recruited the year before so we didn't mm-hmm. have too much to bring in um mm-hmm. so i was a, we were a little lucky with that uh, matt and i 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, by the way, I meant to include in your intro the clearly best looking member of the Kentucky coaching staff because I've seen the other guys and goes without saying. <laughs> I, I, I think you're correct, but they're a lot nicer. <laughs> uh, no comment. Uh, but yeah, with all of that said, of course, again, you're coming off of a fantastic season for the Kentucky Wildcats, a season that saw you guys go 19 and 8 overall, 16 and 1 at home. Of course, that final home loss uh, coming to Arizona in the NCAA round of 32 but you know prior to that a good win over Cleveland State and just you look throughout the season wins over top 20 teams in Ole Miss and Mississippi State South Carolina you play Georgia 4-3 you play Tennessee 4-3 on the road it was a hell of a year for the Kentucky Wildcats and obviously it was a year unlike any other with all of the COVID restrictions and everything all this was a long setup to ask this question. Uh, so many coaches I spoke with, they say last fall was actually one of their favorite falls because not only did you have the team almost forced to stick together so closely with all of the rules in place and there just wasn't much wandering beyond the path that was offered for you, but the opportunity to play hidden duels and just actually see your team compete together last fall, that's not something that was traditionally done And as such, a lot of teams, you know, a lot of coaches said, well, we kind of knew in the fall more so than before that we had something special on our hands. Was that the case for you guys last season? It was the case, and specifically the SEC schools. Mm -hmm. I I think we we work really hard. I don't know how many meetings we we had uh, all together with the SEC to, to set up a fall that was productive for us and, and having our ADs support us for, for pretty much almost the full spring. Uh, we did miss the national indoors. We didn't, were not allowed our, our school did not want us to play it. Did not. Um, so we missed that, but we played um, a lot of hidden duels that fall. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you, you know, we played three hidden duels within our conference and that really kind of put my, my guys who did not play a lot of tennis the year before mm-hmm. uh, in position to, to, to feel how it is, the competition, the level. And I, I think that really helped us for the spring. Every coach I talked to said everyone knew Tennessee was going to be really freaking good after the fall, that it was just like they were one of the clear teams. And then again, it was it was your guys. And just whether it's Liam, whether it's Diallo, whether it's Hurrian, just all, all of the guys you brought to the table last season. Again, it was a young group still. Yeah. But, did, but did you yeah. know? Did it, did it feel special? It, we knew we were going to be special. The question was when. Okay. Uh, and and if we were going to, like I said, Liam, we knew he was going to be special. You know, when would he be t- top 10 in college? We did not quite know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had to get some confidence early in the season, and he did, you know, on a neutral side against Southern Cal, uh, mm-hmm. you know, where he beats the number one. But f- through through the lineup, something that really helped us also we all took online classes so what we do usually at kentucky um we're a team but we concentrate on individuals so what happens is we we did a lot of individual with the guys and we had enough time through the day where they didn't have to go to class and we just knocked a lot of hours on the court um we we had a lot of time with gab and liam and milan and caesar and those young guys and like i said so that really really helped us uh, become a little bit more successful and prepared for the spring Mm-hmm. And, you know, you guys, I believe, won your first nine dual matches of the year. And you start out, I think it's something like 12-1 and one or 12-2 and two early on in those, you know, the losses uh, were, you know, 4-3 at Bama, 6-1 at A&M. But those are uh, obviously really good teams. 
that's a hell of a start to the season, Coach. Like that, that I, were, were things clicking? Was it a byproduct of the schedule? Again, what leads a team for a run, to a run like that, and how do you replicate that this year? Yeah, we we did uh, set up a little bit the schedule. Again, they were a little inexperienced, so we did play mm-hmm. a little bit more at home uh, mm-hmm. on on the first stretch of all the matches. Um, the A and M Alabama first stretch of the weekend outside for us is not easy. It usually takes us about. 10 days to two weeks of reps outdoors to be able to feel, we'll say normal. Um, And going to A&M, you know, it's, it's a tough place. It's a great team. Alabama has a lot of energy. You know, we played them on a, whatever it was a Friday, you know, Friday night, a lot of people, a lot of noise, Uh, all those experiences really helped us kind of position a little bit uh, after through the SEC. Um, We played the big teams that we, did lose to you know the the big three or four in the sec we lose really really tight on the road um we lost four three to tennessee four three like you you said earlier georgia we played a really good match against florida i think we had one or two of our guys kind of just got a little bit hammered but the rest was really really close matches we win the doubles down there um it just made us feel like okay we we're we're almost there. Okay. We're not quite there. And when we say quite there, we want to be a, a top five team and, and try to aim for a national championship, but we're, we're getting very close. We're starting to feel that we can, can compete with these guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you talk about those losses again, same weekend, four, three on the road at Georgia, four, three on the road at Tennessee. You guys, you know, follow those up though, with wins at home over South Carolina, Ole Miss and Mississippi state. And, you know, again, I feel like sometimes you learn more from the losses, right, than you do from a team that earns a victory. Knowing how close that team was last year, it's the same question, but how do you channel that? How do you make sure that this team knows, hey, you know, we were right there the year before. It goes from, because you refer to them, I just think it's interesting, the big three, big four. How do you go from looking at it like that, and I'm not saying you do, but to say, no, no, no. Kentucky should be in that big three, big four. Like, obviously, Florida brings back the defending national champions. But, you know, how do you convince the guys to believe in themselves? I mean, I I think the guys know it. Uh, They get a little anxious. You know, I think they they try to do maybe a little too much or or a little too little uh, through those matches. It's just being ourselves, just just playing our game. Um, We also... You know, those matches we lost on the road, we, we cannot wait to have them come to our house. Um, you know, we, we were undefeated uh, at home through the year uh, until Arizona, who played a really, really good match and played outside. I, I was really proud of their team. Um, upset that I lost, but I, I thought what they did was really, really nice. Um, but, you know, Florida, A&M, Georgia, Tennessee are coming to us now. Uh, it, it levels the, the playing field a little bit more. Um, we played also AM at uh, at the SECs and played them really, really close. I think it was, you know, 4-2, 4-3, but a very, very close match. Every All, all the, the matches we lost, we had chances. So the 6-1, you know, loss at their place on the neutral side was more of a 4-2, 4-3. And then I think we discussed, okay, what do we need for next year? And the team agreed and us. We always kind of work together because, um, again, they're very, driven uh, as as driven as i am to tell you the truth um i said we got to work on doubles i i think in and if we if we can get our doubles winning you know five six more matches you know more and have our maybe our five six you know find a little bit one or two matches here and there uh we're gonna be very very tough 
So I, it's a fascinating thought that you bring up is just, again, what is the difference between a team like Kentucky and a team like a Tennessee, a team like Florida? Because you look on paper, and part of this is a byproduct of the fact we have five classes of high school graduates in college tennis right now. And, of course, for the next three years, that's going to be the case given the extended year of eligibility due to COVID. Is it the depth? Is it the doubles? Like, again, what is – because I look at the stats from last year, and we'll get into all of them individually, but 21-2 and at 1, 17-7 and at 2, 17-6 at at 3. You guys are playing a full SEC schedule, and no doubt last year the SEC was the best conference in men's tennis, and it wasn't particularly close. That is as good as you're going to get from any top three in the country, and you guys got that performance last year. There are, I know there are some new faces in the equation right now, but is that the difference between the top? It's the depth at the bottom, and it's picking off the doubles point as well because everyone's got those top threes? Like, what, what is it? Yeah, it depends with, with each team, sure. but with our team at least, and, and not just last year in the, in the, in the years of, of Kentucky, we've been able to compete with anybody in the top four spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, we work hard. We get talented kids. Uh, maybe, you know, the Floridas and those guys get a little bit more, like I said, they're a little bit more experienced at the five and six. We have to maybe grow our guys a little bit sure. more at the five, and it takes maybe a year when some freshmen come in in Florida are really, really good right mm-hmm. away, but that's changed at least for us i think we again we uh we went on to you know a little bit on the portal and and we got also a little deeper um into our uh, our lineup um but you know josh's freshman year is not easy in our conference i mean we just he's he's i think josh is going to be one of the best in college tennis and that was his freshman year let's let's see how he does this year i I think this year josh is going to be a new a new player you know you and i agree on that take and you know, again, this might be the, I was going to save this till the end, but it's come up now. You bring up the history of Kentucky of fantastic players. I think yourself would be included on that list. If you look at the accolades, look at the results. That said, you get Draxel, you get Quigley. One match, number one singles. Who are you taking? <laughs> uh, goodness gracious. I love them both. Um, <laughs> can I say out of 10 matches, can it go five and five? Yeah, that's but fine. I'll, I'll take the bailout. <laughs> Notice that there was no push for Will. I, I, You know, no Will in the background there. Who's, you know, he's on the short list, but with Liam, I mean, the reason I bring this up, 21 and two as a freshman. That's as good yeah. as you're going to see. And, you know, again, that's Quigley-esque. Like what Liam did last year, how special was it to be a part of? Uh I mean, going back to your question, I, <laughs> I, I, I think I think Quigley maybe was a long time, you know, one of the best in college tennis, not just one year. Uh, I think as of today, maybe Quigley sneaks by a point, but Liam is going to be finished probably above it. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, he, he is. So, uh, and it's going to be, I think, a, a, a better pro. And what mm-hmm. I mean by this is he's going to end up being uh, rank rank wise, I think, a lot higher. Mm-hmm. So, um, but uh, I'll take it. Too, I, it's a win. I mean, yeah. Eric is like I think he's like second or third in most wins in college tennis history. He might even be first at this point. It's just like yeah, it, the guy was nuts. I, again, he is maybe the most underrated player of the 2010s in college tennis because he was so yeah. good for so long. But uh, yeah, and go back to your question, but about Liam, Liam brought a lot of energy, and I'm sure a lot of people saw it across the country. But what they don't know is he trains like this. Uh, his energy is daily. 
uh, he comes in at seven. He's, you know, one of the first ones that gets up there and, and his hair is all poofy, his hat is sideways. And he goes, okay, who am I, you know, who, whose butt am I kicking today? Yeah. You know, and it, it, it's just, I think it, it, it indirectly helped a lot of, of our players around. Uh, Gab Diallo was not this, you know, he was always a little bit fiery, but not as, as much as he is now. And he trains well, you know, it just helped everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, helped also Liam to, you know, for us to also say once in a while, just stay calm a little bit, just, mm-hmm. you know, bring it down a notch. But Liam has this for sure the energy of our, of our team. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, again, 21-2 and two in singles. That's an incredible performance. A ton of success for him. At, I think, what, something like 10-4, and four, maybe a little bit higher, 11-4 and four in doubles as well. Super successful season for him uh, across the board. And, you know, it, it, I do want to talk about the pro upside quickly uh, since it's been brought up. Watching Liam at NCAAs. A, a match doesn't start until Liam Drexel's down a set. Like, let's just be clear. That's when the fun begins, when Hurrian can get rowdy on the sidelines. That's when Liam Draxel's at his most <laughs> Liam Draxelness. Uh, but yeah. beyond the fight, which is, you know, by the way, go play seven weeks in Tunisia. Fight is the thing you need most in spades, and Liam's got that. He's clearly got the athleticism as well. Just the speed, you know, he can play at the highest level. The thing that I was so impressed with at NCAAs was the serve. And I'm curious for you moving forward because I think he's got sneaky pop on that serve. And I do think it, you know, earning free points is the difference between being top 400 and top 100. Is that the next piece for Liam? Yeah, we, 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 it's a, still a, a work in progress. I mean, we knew recruiting him that was a big thing. A serve and his position on the court sure. was something that, that we thought, okay, you, you're not going to get have a chance to be in a top hundred if 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 you won, you know, three quarter your first serve and and stand eight feet back, <laughs> and um, he's still navigating through that. He's got to be okay, you know, maybe losing some matches. He hates to lose. Okay, so what happens is you'll go what what's comfortable, but every year he gets you know little one foot a little bit more inside serve is getting a little bit bigger and we're still showing him listen you can gain another foot meaning you know get the ball on the rise instead of to go down if he does that consists he does it in practice so that you know uh in practice he can knock people out with power and and transitioning and come forward if he can do it a little bit more into the matches uh like i said the, the, you know he, he can be one of the best in the world and i'm telling you the crowd will get behind him that's for sure he will be at home with the crowd at every tournament that there is because he's really a lovable kind of player yeah it's very it's very engaging all right it's just uh it, there's a charisma to him there's no doubt about that that you just uh yes. you're drawn to it and you know, you, you sort of alluded to this already, but everyone knew Liam was going to be good. He was one of the most highly touted recruits entering uh, entering the season and entering his college career. And we'll talk about the Canada pipeline in a little bit. But to have Gabe click the way he did last year and you look for him overall on the season, 12 and 6 at the number two singles position again against SEC competition. He goes 14 and 9 at the number one doubles position I don't as talented as Gabe has been, I don't think that's the season we were expecting from him last year. And so uh again, that jump from him and his progression moving forward, you see the size, you see the frame. There's a lot of easy talent for Gabe, but you know, what clicked for him, what allowed him to go from talented to now I'm dominating and not, you know, dominating might be a stretch, but now I'm having success at the top of college tennis. He he became um when I first recruited him in Canada, he was 
disorganized. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, you could see the frame. The frame was there. He, he needed to gain a little bit, mm -hmm. um, but disorganized. And the fall, we go back to that fall. We spent so much, like I said, we spend a lot more time um, with everybody on it. We change our practice. Like I said, we do a lot more individuals now with our team, and they seem to, to improve a lot faster. He just became professional. We focus on, on preparation. We have four or five kids on our team that want to play pro, and that's what our program is about. Um, and we really focus on the way he approaches matches, the way he trains, the way he focuses, the way he, he needs to stay with his, with his game. And I think he's just started understanding who he is and how how he's supposed to play. Uh, we say it for sure starts with the serve. You know, you 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 your serve is big, but it's got to be bigger. It's got to be more consistent. And for sure, what you said alluded to it. And it's for sure he's in a, a little bit in the shadow of Liam because Liam was number one. You know, mm -hmm. so we we want to talk about Liam, but we do not have the season we we had last year with, without Diallo. Uh, I mean, just just i mean killing some people i mean he did he just kind of in some he played guys top 50 and just rolled through him six two six three and we i look at liam being a top 100 potential and i can say the same thing about gab i can tell you that professionally he's gonna be a tough 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 guy to beat and that's the scary part i think for teams who have to face your team this year is that as good as they were last season and you know his ego is big enough, but we got to talk about Mel. He was ex outstanding last year. You go sixteen and four overall in dual matches and singles, twelve and three at the number three singles position. Uh, obviously, had a ton of success in doubles as well. But it just feels like your top two can get better, and I think that's the scary part if you're returning for college tennis, right? And I mean, as good as they were last season, did it feel? Like, I mean, for Liam, twenty-one and two, hard to get much better than that from a record standpoint. But as players. It does feel like they're still just scratching the surface. I think that's the scary part. Yeah, and we we tell them that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I and we uh, and I think they know that, and they're willing to work hard. That's why practice with with this team is really a fun thing. They want to get better. Mm -hmm. uh, we looked at last year, and we meet you know every few weeks, and and we met after last year. So okay, you did this well. This what what can we add to your game what can we add to to your doubles uh and this is what we're doing right now and and wait till you you know wait till you see gab and 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 the uh, and josh and um because liam is playing a little bit right now um milan is in is in england but uh those guys that have stayed are, are really really like just adding another dimension which is not easy to do mm -hmm. no and you know again I tell you this before. I tell every coach this before every podcast. You may swear at me. This is going to be the point perhaps where you do so. You brought it up earlier. I think it's an easy assessment to make when you look at the stats and if you watched your team last season. The missing piece is doubles. And I, we'll get to the bottom of the lineup and all of the new additions after this because I think that'll help solve the four, five, six, not problems, but you're just going to get even better. But, you know, 15 and 10 at one doubles, good, not great. 11 and, uh, 11 and 13 at three doubles, not great. Now, 16 and five at two, that's a good thing. But obviously, doubles, you got to win two of the three flights. And, you know, it's Russian roulette, fastest 40 minutes in all of tennis, in my opinion, the most entertaining 40 minutes in all of tennis. I, I, I can't imagine it's fun, you know, match after match. And it didn't happen every time, but when you're saying, all right, guys, don't worry, we're going to bounce back from this doubles point. And yes. don't worry, we'll fight back again. So what? how big of an emphasis has that been this season? Because you know how hard it is to find four singles wins against the top competition. 
Yeah, yeah. And like I said, especially with the, the talent we have on our lineup, we, we they know, you know, we met in, in May and we met again in, in August. Uh, taking four singles from us with the talent that we have is going to be tough. Impossible. So, uh, I've, I've done uh, the match calculus, Cedric. I'm trying. I'm yeah. like, all right, they lose. You know, it's like, do they lose? It's, I just don't. It, I agree. Sorry. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. If we become a top. 10 doubles team overall we can really really do something special so we 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 know that so we had to they had to understand listen we are going to practice it a lot number one um you, you guys need to get better we had to also set up some principles meaning okay we've got to do this better we got to we look at the stats first percentage you know return percentage positioning uh all that stuff so we we did hours with with um Pete, Matt, and I, um, and it's, I think it's starting, I, I feel it. I, I see our practices and stuff, and I'm starting to feel like, okay, it's much better. But the two guys also that we added are going to help us also fill some spots. Those are, we also looked into the portal into some doubles, not specialists because they're very good in singles, but they really are good in doubles. Mm -hmm. So like JJ Mercer, for instance, that's right. That's yeah. right. JJ Mercer was at first, uh, okay. He's got the potential in singles. He's really good in the doubles. And then we just started practicing. We're like, Oh my goodness. He <laughs> is very good in singles. He just needs to get his reps. He just needs some confidence. He just needs to get back into on his horse. And we're like, Whoa, my goodness. We are just so blessed to have JJ. We, I, I'm just really, really happy to have him on the team. Yeah, no, again, it, it's the talent top to bottom. And you talk about those principles. Again, if you don't mind, I want to dive in to some. You don't have to give away the entire store, but my coach from back in the day who, you know, I'll get the text every two weeks and it's about he's on his old man corner. The serving volley is dead. It's just like, why aren't people serving and volleying? And back in my day, yada, 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 you did this, you did that. I also heard a stat this past offseason that 75% of of return games in doubles, you make one or fewer returns. And, you know, again, it's, in, you know, trying to trying to massage both of those things. I think it's fascinating because I do think we see less serve and volley. But I also, I do know, like, making the return is half the battle, right? And so I'm curious, yes. balancing those two things in your team's principles. Yeah, we... Um, you know, we'll say we, we have a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle, but, you know, not missing any returns wide, you know, not, mm -hmm. not trying to go around the player, you know, we're, we're good enough. Once we get to the second and third ball, we're great players. You guys are just trying to do too much on, on, on that first ball, um, things like that. But another thing is, is how do you, so giving you an example, like we know Josh, has great volleys uh, when he's up there. We're still working on the transition piece, and that's why you you know we're talking about okay, you don't have to serve a volley all the time. Let's mix it up, you okay. know. Um, and that's what him and JJ are doing. It so you have no idea. Like, is he coming forward? I got to get it down. Is he staying back? I'm on a rally, and you just have to find the pairs. That's also the difficult thing is finding two people that that complete each other. Um, and we're starting, like I said, you can see like, uh, JJ and Josh have had a great fall and it's, it's, we're getting there. Yeah. I, I was in Tennessee, uh, in Knoxville when you guys played the hidden dual event, Tennessee, Pepperdine, Columbia, and you know, you guys got good matches against Pepperdine and Columbia and watching. Yeah. You know, we, we've referenced Josh here a bunch. He was a standout for me. And of course we're referring to Josh Lapidot, who's now what a sophomore, third year sophomore, I want to say, uh, lefty out of Canada. 
you see that game. And again, here's the big thing. And for our listeners at home who will hear Matt Stokowiak, Chris Helioris, and I talk about your team on the Great Shot podcast. And yeah, we talk about you behind your back. But if I, you know, I'm going to talk about it to your face as well. Yeah. Josh is getting, there was a lot, you know, the top three positions are set. That's the scariest part, I think, about this, you know, looking at your team this year, because then you've got guys like Josh, like, you know, Alex, JJ, Francois, and uh, Yasha, who just, they're all gamers. Like, they do seem to all, you know, you could fly, throw them into four, five, six, they're going to be out there competing their tails off. All of that said, Josh's ability to move forward, the aggression that he plays with, that was a quality that stood out amongst all the Kentucky players I watched that weekend. And I'm curious if you, you know, is, is, am I on to something here? Is there that quality to him, the aggressiveness he plays with that perhaps gives him, you know, again, the ability to jump another level? Yes. Uh, and we, yeah. And we, um, you know, he was, co- he was coached by uh, coach Adriano who coached Chapo, okay. uh, Chapo Volov. So he's very, he's, he wants to be aggressive. He wants to take chances. I think his first year in college last year, he was defending, meaning he was playing for other people and he's trying to not impress me, but, you know, trying to win the match for the coaches or, and he's not doing that anymore. He's grown, he's matured. He's like, I'm just going to play me for me. And then hopefully it helps the team. And he's, he's doing that. He's, he, he can pick up, the ball on the rise as well as anybody on i think one one of the best in the world also he can stay on the baseline as well as anybody can will they be able to back him off you know we'll see but uh he's serving better he's he's uh, he's just a more mature and he's worked hard to, to get there also mm-hmm. and the idea of him and jj and you can throw them in what at a uh, it, let's just say you throw them in at a one doubles, which is they were the pair that I saw most frequently. And then it's like you have Gabe floating. You have Liam floating in the bottom parts of your lineup as well. Is team continuity something you're going to be pushing uh, more towards this season? Because I look at last year, I think you played 13 different doubles combinations. And obviously part of that's injuries and figuring out what works. But is there something to continuity? Yeah, yes, there is. I, I mean, again, you you know, Look at the past. Look at the teams that have done well in the doubles. You usually have a team that's top five, top ten at one, and they've played most of the season. Um, they, you know, like an Ohio State also does well at playing one, maybe their best singles guys at three. Mm-hmm. Good luck, you know, beating <laughs> this guy at three. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, we, we have to try to have more continuity, like you just said. And once I think once we're going to get started and we're working through that right now, uh, once we get started, we want to stay with those doubles teams. They're just going to have to work it out, uh, you know, make some small adjustments. But if the chemistry is there, we want to try to be a little bit more consistent with who we have on the court and how long they play together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, it, it's all fair. Can, is it too much to ask for just like one match of Liam and Mel? Just like one match of the two of them. I just want to see if, you know, A, do they set the record for, you know, taunting violations? Um, but B, so, just so the they, energy they bring. So they, they, they played together against yeah. Arizona at two. And it was so much energy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> then that sometimes they lose what the plan is on the court, you know? Mm-hmm. So we, we also, like I said, we, um, that's the balance. Also, you, you have to, you know, college is a lot of noise, a lot of things. And, and yeah, I know, college, you know, the doubles is going to be short, but you still have to play good tennis and mm-hmm. smart tennis. So if you can scream and play smart tennis and do and focus, I'm fine. But if it's up and down and you're screaming that we've got to take a notch down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, uh, we know we've got our work cut out. Like I said, I think, uh, 
We've got to get to the level. Ohio State just is conquering the fall in doubles. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got to get to that level. So we're, we're working through it. Do you look at Cobalt and you're like, what the hell, man? Like, what are the secrets? You well, were there. Yeah. And, and <laughs> Peter has yeah. done an incredible job, um, you know, coming from the tour and explaining, you know, I, I'm a very, very good singles coach, I think. I mean, like I said, I, I feel like I understand it in doubles. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty good. I, I know my strength and my weaknesses. Uh, and Matt and Peter have done a really really good job helping me and, and get better at that piece. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, first of all, they're both six foot four minimum. They better be good at doubles. <laughs> uh, one would hope. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. Uh, we do this usually. I have Chris Helioris with me. He's just he's doing things today. He tries to make predictions for the lineup. I'm going to give you my doubles pairings predictions. I'm going to say it's Diallo and Mel at one. Then we're going to go JJ, Josh at two. Then we're going to go Draxel. Ooh. Ooh. This is Draxel <laughs> LeBlanc at three. I'm going to mix things up here. I'm going to throw in a LeBlanc sighting. Just, you All know. right. I, yeah. I like it. Yeah. And take- Le- yeah, I like it. LeBlanc's back on the horse. He's, he's working really hard the, the, the last two, three weeks. He stays with that. I'll be really, really proud of him. Yeah, and it always helps. Six foot five at three doubles. You just like the math there. You're like, yeah, all right, we hold there. Liam makes returns, win. Um, but that that's my thinking, and that is why I, I do not have a coaching job, just for the record. <laughs> um, but, t- you're, you're not correct all the time, but you're, 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 you're right a lot of times. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Well, you know, you play the games. You can all 80% first serve percentage is a great first serve percentage. Um, all that said, we've mentioned a lot of the guys four through six. That's obviously the question marks because we know who the top three guys are, and there are so many different uh, potential contributors. Obviously, you bring in Musatelli from Old Dominion, and I got to see him play uh, in Knoxville. The idea of him at a four or five or a six, you're just like, all right, that's not the court we're going to lose it on because if it's that point, it's we're in our number three, and we feel pretty good about Musatelli, you know, at that point of the lineup, or you know, Yasha Zemel, who's going to be grinding down there for sure. Obviously, Josh and the way he's played and just all of the talent you bring back that much competition for three spots healthy for a team or unhealthy for a team i i, I think it's healthy mm-hmm. um i do i think and we might be again with Le, leblanc john sobos playing better I, mm-hmm. I think it's healthy um if they can again not feel like okay at six if i you know do something and i've always tell them you know we're not going to throw you for one match you know mm-hmm. we 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 as long as they don't feel that from me where, okay, if I do bad, you know, I'm, I, we're changing, you know, they have to feel, listen, I've got plenty of opportunities for me to just play tennis and show everybody that I can play this spot. But when you're also good and you look, look back at maybe some of the people that are, that I won national championships, they've, they've changed, you know, they've done some, some scout and maybe make some, some, some changes in, in the back to, to, for, okay we we're playing a serving volley or so an attacker we're going to put this guy in you know or you know we've got to be smart about our, our lineup and and you know so we can create some matchups that are going to be more preferable for us and our, our team really is really unselfish so i i think they will be fine and patient mm-hmm. uh this is like, like i said this is the year where we get back on on uh for us on our on our map and they know listen i might not play one or two matches for this and i, I they're great kids so i'm not i'm not too worried about that yeah, it, it the memory for me is the 2013 Virginia team that had four guys, Steislinger, the Shanes, and Julian Uruguin, and it was just like, who's hot on any given day? That's who we're going to roll That's with. Right. And uh, just to have those options from a matchup perspective, obviously that gives your teams options, and 
I might even use a platoon system. Let's just go, you know, these three guys for the, for Fridays, these three guys for Sundays, and that yeah. way everyone's happy. Yeah, I, I think I'll tell you what the coaches are looking for, though. I think yeah. they're just looking for consistency, you know, and um, they're looking, okay, on their worst day, what does that look like? Yes. What, when they're uncomfortable, what does that look like? And we're telling, well, this is what Josh has done a lot better, is on his bad days, oh, he's still really good. Last year was really bad. You know, he was just like, not head down and just kind of going, oh my goodness, felt sorry for himself. He's not doing that anymore. Mm -hmm. So this is what coaches look, like I said, in, in, in those spots where we know what we're getting um, on a difficult environment against crowds, who's, who's going to be okay, yeah. you know? Um, and whoever shows us that, you know, the most in the fall, or we'll do what you just said, we'll just do platoon and we'll see your stats <laughs> after a month. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we'll figure it out from there. Nothing wrong with that. And, you know, again, as you look at your team, I don't think the schedule is released publicly yet, but I'm sure uh, you've got some matches already on the calendar to have the opportunity to, you know, I feel like UK, Ohio State is a staple. I like, you know, that's a match you're going to see every year. And we didn't get to see it last year for the first time in God knows how long. And just, you know, that sort of schedule, you know, Kentucky, Virginia was another staple of early season play almost each and every year for almost a decade. And is that going to be the, you know, the path for you guys this season? You know, play as many oh, yes. of these high levels as possible? Oh, yes. We, we never shy away. We've never shied away from, from mm -hmm. playing the best in college. Um, we're going to play Ohio State at Ohio State. We can't wait. And uh, Virginia's coming to us. Um, so you'll have some, uh, I think, some top 10 matchups really early in the year. Was it 2012 when you guys beat Virginia before the indoors? Wasn't there a year you guys upset them? Am I crazy here? Or maybe it was 4-3? Yeah, we, we beat Virginia when they were one uh, yeah. at home. Uh, we beat Ohio State when they were one also at home mm -hmm. uh, when Peter played. Um, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so we, um, yeah, we have we have some tough matches, and we've even talked with Ohio State, and, uh, and even we're in talks with Tennessee. We're just good teams. We might even do a home and away every year. Yeah. Uh, we've been, we've had talks. We don't have to travel, you know, so far to 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 find the best competition in college. Mm -hmm. So uh, that might that might be in the future plans also. Yeah, I like it. And with your team, the depth you guys have and just, again, the amount of matches you're going to put on all their bodies. Will there be matches where Liam doesn't play, where you pull Gabe, where you pull Mel and you say, hey, we, we, we want to play, you know, four through nine because we feel really good about four through nine. And this sort you know, we have the opportunity to do so. I mean, you know, not pull all of them, but pull one every so often. Yeah, I mean, you know, the spring is a grind. Exactly. Well, we manage our players. Yeah, for sure. Um, we'll make sure we manage. Uh, we want to make sure we win every match. But um, we have, the, the, like you said, the, the, the strength in the back. We're deep, so we can be a little bit more flexible and rest our guys a little bit more when needed. Um, but, you know, what's crazy is same like last year, we wanted to sit Liam down, you know, and he's like, no, you know, I want to get out there. <laughs> And during a doubleheader, we'll say, okay, just play one. He goes, no, 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 no. I want to play two, you know? So, but um, I think he's played, like I said, all those matches. We'll, we'll cut it, cut him back a little bit. Like I said, we'll manage a little bit more this year for, for our boys. Mm -hmm. For the record, because I got to give the predictions for both. Draxel, Diallo, Hurrian. I'm going to go Lopet. Nah, I'm going to go Musatelli, then Lopidot, then Zemel. I like that lineup. I like that lineup a lot. And I'm not saying Mercer and the other guys aren't going to play because I think they are all going to play throughout the year. But yes. I think outdoors NCAAs, 
that's what I see for you guys this year for whatever. So, you know, that's not what it's going to be, folks. You can lock that in right now. <laughs> uh, but, you know, again, uh, for your team here this fall, you guys have had the chance to play some hidden duels. You guys have had the chance to play uh, individual events as well. And obviously there's the ITA uh, Fall Nationals coming up this weekend. You guys have a couple guys in that uh, field have you seen what you wanted to see from your team this fall? Have you seen the buy-in? Have you seen that same energy that has come to define this group of Wildcats in particular? Yes. Um, yes. But there are, like I said, I I think we'll, the country will see, but they're adding dimensions, and I'm, I'm really happy. We're working on a lot of things, and um, um, I think we'll be better. So uh, I'm excited to, to see them play this spring. Yeah, no, absolutely, as am I. Well, then, with that in mind, some fun across-the-board questions for you uh, before I let you go. And Hit me. me. We're, we're, I was going to say, we're going to get into your playing time, so I hope you're ready. But first, <laughs> let's start with, the, I suppose, the more serious questions. Uh, just again, there are a bunch of rules that have been floated around. Some have been waived. Some haven't. The 500 rule, which I think got waived last season. For those that don't know, you have to be 500 or better to qualify for the NCAA tournament. I really like, though, when teams play aggressive schedules. And for your guys, maybe last year or the year prior to that, this year it's a little bit different. Be shocked if you're not 500, but years prior to that, you know, if you try to play a hard schedule, if you try to play Ohio State, if you ha- try to play Virginia, you're penalized for that down the road. And, I mean, of course, the good coaches schedule it out, and there's always Arkansas Gate from however many years ago when they played 35 different matches in the course of 12 hours, and that was beautiful. Um, but would you be fine with the 500 rule going away forever? Yes, I mean, and it's I mean, like I said, you look at our conference; that it's tough. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, it doesn't matter who you play, and then you're going to add pretty soon. We're going to add Oklahoma and Texas. Um, <laughs> so I, I just think I don't think it's it's a good rule, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it is what it is. The NCAA, you know, it's not a tennis federation. Mm-hmm. They don't quite know, you know, maybe exactly what's going on in the tennis world, but. I I don't like it, but, you know, we'll follow the rules every year. You know? mm-hmm. No, totally fair. Warm-ups before matches. I don't think we need the warm-up back in singles, but this is brought up by uh, Coach Petty over at Texas Tech uh, who brought up the idea, like, you know, after the warm-up, you do your team huddle, you chat for an extra five minutes, you play the anthem, all this stuff. My players are cold when they get to the court, and not only that, you don't even get to see your opponents prior to the start of the match, which is a time-honored tradition in tennis. And so... I'm not saying bring back both warm-ups, but the idea of a three to five warm-up minute warm-up before doubles, I don't hate that idea. Are you in favor of that or are you, are you fine with how it is? I would be in favor of a three-minute warm-up. Mm-hmm. I, I would. And if somebody tells us again that three minutes is going to hurt our TV yeah. time, uh, you, I mean, you know what I mean? I, yeah. uh, I think it also, when you look at fans, uh, they usually trickle in around the time that, so it just gives us another you know, a little bit of time for people to settle and see who's playing where and, uh, you know, and they love the doubles, you know, so high, um, give them a little bit of a warm up. I, I don't mind it. I would be for. Yeah, I, that's a, an excellent point as well. Let the fans trickle in. Now, I do think it gets a bit repetitive when you're having a warm up again in singles. At that point, it's like, all right, we don't need that one. But the pre doubles warm up, I'm in favor of everyone enjoys a 12.07 start better than a noon start. I think that's just a win win across the board. Now we get a little funky. I think the coin toss is a missed opportunity. In lieu of the coin toss, what I would do is at the start of every duel match, one point, drop and hit feed, head coach versus head coach, winner chooses the alignments on every court server return. Yes or no? 
Uh, I'm getting back in shape, so I'll say yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's you know I'll, I'll I'll play a point against anybody. Yeah, um, the fans just imagine they're like they go Cedric, Cedric, and you get them you know pumped up a little bit. I, you're telling me you yeah. wouldn't enjoy that. I would enjoy, but how many injuries would you bring to college tennis <laughs> from rule, head coaches? Yeah, the rule is if you have an AARP card, your assistant can play. Okay, okay. <laughs> Maybe then. If yeah. the assistants can jump in and as a wild card, then we can do that. Yeah, I'd watch one point Cobalt versus Stump or any of them. Like, I'm in. And by the way, if you're playing Peter, you're probably feeling pretty good about your point. You're like, we're going we're to get a lot of W's. Yeah, tennis-wise, our team's pretty good I, 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 as, a, as a coaching staff. I, I think uh, – so, yes, I'll say yes. We'll play that point. All right, I'm in. Again, so far, consensus is yes. ITA, I know you're listening. Um, lawless lineups. I admit this is stupid. But to make home field advantage truly home field advantage and to give – because there is nothing better than a 4-3 match. And to quote Peter Smith, former USC coach, when college tennis is good, it's really f-ing good. And I just think the idea of – you know, again, really emphasizing home court advantage. And I acknowledge this is a stretch, but what I would do is lawless lineups. Away team submits their lineup the day before. Home team gets to match up however they deem fit. And that way, I don't care if number one's coming to town. It's a match. If you, you know, you can make it a match. And so everything's a match. I know no ad scoring has already introduced parody in or out. I'm going to say out, man. I'm going to say out. Um, I think there was a lot of parody uh, yeah. la- last uh, four three last at couple- Tennessee and Georgia, and those were legitimate lineups. Yeah, yeah, we, we're we're we yeah we're, we're there. I think there's a lot of four threes. I mean, there's teams that were fifty that are beating teams in a top 15, 20. Mm-hmm. It happens, uh, and that did not happen to so that you know when I you know when I played in college, mm-hmm. uh, you had the top twenty five, and this they never lost to the outside. <laughs> I think it. You know, like there's a lot of uh, teams that are very, very good at, at 50 and 60 that you have to really um, compete. Um, so I'm going to say just I'm OK with the lineups right now. And so that, you know, you know, we sent in the SEC, we sent our lineup um, on Tuesday, Wednesday mm-hmm. uh, before our SEC matches. So there's no uh, no trouble. Yeah, that I did know. From that, or that's one of the things I've learned over the past couple of years because, I mean, I just love the challenge process. I'm so – like of all the things the ITA gets right, I just wish they would make that even more public and be like, yes, it's like I am challenging publicly uh, because I would love to see that. I think fans would enjoy that as well as we have thoughts on all of those things. Um, something else we obviously have thoughts on, and I, it's a big topic in college tennis, individuals in the spring versus the fall. The dream scenario, of course, I think for fans would be to see some sort of college tennis event at the U.S. Open. And obviously they've tried it before, but maybe you host the individual second week of the U.S. Open. In theory, that sounds super cool. Of course, there's a lot more that goes into that than into the theory. But it also, I don't think, would suck to offer a day off to the teams that make the quarterfinals, the semifinals, the finals who have to play so you know consecutively to try and crank out the schedule. Otherwise, you're spending a month in Orlando, and none of these schools want to do that. Are you keeping? Are you pro keeping them together? Are you pro separating them? I know it's a big topic. Yeah, it is a big talk, and I'm I, I, I'm a little bit torn to mm-hmm. tell you the truth. I, I know uh, I like it at the end of the year, but it is a long 
couple weeks mm-hmm. uh and i would feel like you said for the teams that get to the semis in the final you can see they're tired mm-hmm. i mean they're play their players they usually you know the top team like a florida you know florida who won will have three four players in the draw uh or texas and you can see there's always one or two that's just you know just a little tired and they would have if they had a day off would probably have a little bit better opportunity at playing some better tennis mm-hmm. um I think that you should also, like I said, giving something also, and I know the Americans deserve that U.S. Open walk card, that's for sure. They need to give something, you know, to the foreigners that win. Give them a little something, you know, for them to keep playing pretty hard. We want everybody to play their best tennis. And to do the fall or the spring, I'm not quite sure. I, I need to hear a little bit more um, on both sides. Okay. I will come up with the argument. I'll send you the bullet points. I've got them. Don't worry. Um, for both. I like it. Yeah. Uh, but, no, it, it is fascinating, and that gets to next thing. It's very easy to say, and the USTA, it's their event. It's their moneymaker. You can understand why they want to give the wild cards to Americans that they think will draw fans. At the same time, I imagine, and you, you alluded to it there, NCAA champions should get a wild card regardless of nationality, right? They are the representative of college tennis. That's right. I, that, I, I would. It doesn't. It, it can't. I would agree that it should not be a U.S. Open, yeah. but find something. Okay. Um, you know, U.S. Open should be given to the American players. I agree that. Uh, but give something to to the winner of the NCAA, no matter where where he's from. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Um, the thing also you're talking about the fall and the spring mm-hmm. uh it's tough let's say somebody that had a you know great year you know and couldn't come back in the fall graduated you know mm-hmm. so you, you're looking at who's going to also take the fall off and the fall is a kind of a different um little different atmosphere would you get the top 64 truly the top 64 guys from from the year before i don't know you know i i don't know if you, you know? hosted at so, the u.s open maybe yeah, maybe. Yeah, but of course, like I said, then they would, yeah. they would probably come back. Yeah, you know, so. exactly. Um, no, very much easier in theory, uh, obviously, than to actually play it out in practicality. And something that was often in theory now that will be played out in practice is the incorporation of NIL rules and just name, image, likeness, the opportunity to profit off of that fact. Now, of course, there are different rules uh, regarding international players and there are players born in the United States. But in terms of, you know, the pathway, uh, college tennis is a pathway to the pros. NIL, I, I just think, I, I'm, I guess, curious your reactions to NIL as well. But I think more than anything else, if you're a top American junior in particular, why not go play a year of college tennis? Actually put some money in your pocket before spending nine months traveling the world and, you know, losing money. Yeah, I, I think college is only going to get stronger because of that. Uh, it, it is. I mean, if somebody is on the fence, um, I think before they would say, ah, you know what, you know, some of the best ones will go, I'll just go pro. Mm-hmm. But now if, if somebody can, we're going to have to work through this uh, to see how much our, our players can get in the world of tennis. We know how much football and basketball they can get. I think we've got to work through some things. But if, if a kid can come in and make – couple tens of you know thousands of dollars through the year get better get his education and play semi-pro we'll say mm-hmm. i i 
I would say I would go to college. And I think we're going to get maybe another five, 10 really, really good players because of that. Um, specifically, like you said, Americans, you know, I think there's always two or three that kind of turn pro. I think some of them might come for a year or two. Mm -hmm. No, I, I agree with that. And with that in mind, I'm curious because you guys have the Lexington Challenger and you guys have put on some futures events as well. How critical is it to have those pro playing opportunities, not only from, uh, you know, uh, for your own team, but from a recruiting standpoint as well? Yeah, it, it is. I think it is important. Uh, we're doing it because, again, I want, I want, we want our guys to be professional and have them kind of take shots uh, at, at, at bigger guys and get ATP points. Uh, we're a little bit behind, like I said, Ohio State, who's, you know, I mean, not, you know, sure. or Columbus area mm -hmm. or uh, Florida. So we're working something. We want to add some futures in Lexington in the fall, and we're working through that. I think it's a wonderful thing. Um, hopefully, they won't, you know, close us out in, in, in the near future. Mm -hmm. Did you enjoy Draxel Brooksby? I did. Yeah. And I never seen Brooksby live. And after that match, uh, it's just interesting to to see him and to see what he's been doing in the last. I would say he's probably one of the most efficient tennis player I've seen in a long, long time. And people are still going to knock him for for you know. Now that was a little bit like this for his technique at first and things like that. But his his service is a lot better than people think it is. Uh, it's efficient. It's it's placed in the right spot. Mm -hmm. um, he sets up his points. He actually doesn't want to play also too many short points. Those long points actually help him through the match to kind of break down his, his opponents. Mm -hmm. So let's. Uh, I I I think he's going to be a really really good player. Yeah. No. I mean stud. And it was funny watching him and Liam play each other. You like you the over under was actually just put at two and a half hours. They were like, if it's anything less than two and a half hours, you should feel like you didn't get your money's worth. Yeah, Liam played him in close in some 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 moments. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, I think what Brooksby did a little bit better than Liam, he he pulled pulled the trigger. Mm -hmm. Like after he moves his opponent, mm -hmm. he can finish with the back end down line, back and cross. He's got different spots on the court. He, he can actually step in and 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 rip that last little shot. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. He he plays extraordinarily well. Uh, last serious question for you: transfer portal. Uh, because obviously the transfer portal right now, there's a plethora of players in there given the additional class of just humans uh, in college tennis. But I'm curious, I mean, how essential is being able – has transfers – the transfer portal, and it's not just tennis this applies to, but has that just become a part of the college tennis system? I think it has. I mean, when you look at it as teams – can stay a little bit better a little longer um you know it, it's just but i agree with steve denton and what he said at some point you're going to run into an empty basket or an empty team because you did not grow your freshmen mm -hmm. uh, I, I i also like to work with my freshmen it's something that i really really enjoy is to see what you are when you come in and, and when you leave. So we, we went into the transfer portal because we knew we could be good for, for this one year. Mm -hmm. uh, but I have to watch out. I just, and this is why, you know, I'm back on the road is I, I want to grow players. I want to have a good pipeline. Um, so we will see, but I think, yes, I think we'll always kind of think about the portal. We always looked at transfer, but now you know this, it, it has become more of a, Mm -hmm. more of a thing for us it feels like these next three years in particular i guess two after these where just because you have so many extra players graduating who might want to use their extra year that yeah we're gonna have no. free agency in the off season and yeah for sure yeah, fun yeah. thing for fans and it's quite less fun for coaches 
Yeah, it, it's it's great for the kids. Yeah. They're getting a, a master's in one year. I mean, what a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a little weird, you know, when you compete. Like, we'll, we'll talk about those those two Dukies that went to Duke. <laughs> you know, I played them for four years, yeah. and then I see them in another jersey. Yeah. But uh, I think it's wonderful for them. They, they, they seem to be very happy, got a master's out of it. I think it's it's whatever helps the student-athlete, it's, it's great. But it's only mm -hmm. for another two or three years. I think it'll level, it'll level out a little bit. Mm -hmm. No, I, I completely agree with you there. Um, all right, let's talk Cedric Kaufman career because this is the fun. And again, I want to say 95 to 98 at Kentucky, 96 to 98. Yeah, 95, 98. 95, okay. Just for – so when your first month on campus was August 1995? Uh, I'm trying to think. August, uh, yes, I believe right. so. So fun fact for you, Alex Gruskin, this guy, not yet born. But let's just, you know, we'll leave that aside. That's just to get you in the mood for these questions. Um, yes. 98 Stanford team, best in college tennis history? To me, and I, I've played them uh, and I've seen them, that mm -hmm. era of Stanford tennis was unbelievable. I, I, I would say yes to me. I haven't seen the teams before, you know, with John McEnroe when he played. Sure. I have no idea. But to my since I've been in college tennis, this team was what was the best. Did you guys play the Bryans and Goldstein and Alex Kim, eventual NCAA champion at five singles team? Did you guys play them that year? We played them and we actually they lost, I think three points. Yeah, and we beat them once. Yeah. So we were <laughs> so we were we were one of the teams, yeah, through, through their stretch that, that beat him. We we beat him at the national indoors in Louisville. Mm -hmm. Um and we lost the doubles, but I, you know, I actually beat the Bryans at, uh, at I think it was a two slot. I don't even know if they played one. That was their <laughs> first like semester. Um, but w what a team! And I think I, I think having that loss actually actually helped them through the season a little bit, just making a little bit more ready. Paul Goldstein was, I mean, a big mistake. I think they put Paul like at I don't know if it was three or four, but uh, uh, what what a team! Yeah. You know, it, it's because they won four straight all of your four years, right? I, I all my say. four years. By the fourth year, I was cheering for Georgia. I mean, <laughs> I was, <laughs> we were we were at UCLA and we had lost in the Sweet 16. And I, I went to the final. I think it was Georgia at Stanford. And I was cheering my butt off for Georgia because I didn't want Stanford to win a, a fourth one. But <laughs> too good. Just too yeah. good. No, no doubt about that. And I'm trying to think. So 1998. Uh, that was uh, you were you were what, number two in the country. I want to say at that point, or that was yes. the year. Yeah, I hit I hit it through the season. I didn't finish two, I don't think, but I uh, I hit it. Mm -hmm. So again, you saw the best in college tennis during that time. How's it compared to now? Um, I think it's deeper. I I I, I do. You know, I, I kind of pointed out to you. Uh, like I just remember when. We were pretty good, and we played Virginia. Virginia was not a good tennis program. Like there were a lot of programs that that should have been good, uh, that were not especially going after it. Um, I think all, a lot of the programs are going after it. I mean, you can see, like I said, I'm I'm going to have a tough match against VCU. I mean, you know, my my boy Anthony Rossi has a really good team this year. There's just teams every, you know, um, Middle Tennessee has done. You know, I mean, there's just a lot of teams outside that they're. Um, everybody's working really hard on the men's side. I mean, I, I, I go recruiting. I, I see a hundred coaches. They're everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. they're, everybody's trying really hard. So I, I think it is deeper. Um, do I think my years, you know, the kids were tougher? Heck, heck yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I think they're more, they're, they have so much talent. The kids these days, uh, they just can, you know, there's a lot of talent out there.
you played the five-hour slogs. The, uh, did they switch two out of three sets in doubles before you or after you? I played um, the two out of three was changed right before I came. I played okay. eight game pro sets. So it, do you like the doubles better, the format now? Is it, you know, the the quicker pace? Is that easier than because those early, I mean, even in the eight game pro set days, you could hit five hours in a college tennis match. That that was no doubt. Yeah. Uh, the, the six game is a little quick to me, yeah. um, you know, but. Again, Russian we have roulette. to adjust. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I still think that the, the good teams overall are going to win their matches. Uh, but you have, again, that's why I think we have some upsets. So at times, the 4-3 kind of sneak, you know, a team that's maybe not favorite wins the doubles, puts pressure on the favorite, and uh, boom, you know, somebody doesn't play well. That's 2-1 for the underdogs, and then you get into this last match. So, um, but overall, like I said, the, the best doubles teams are going to win, you know. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. And I am curious for you, uh, you know, again, during those times, Georgia, Florida, what's the biggest rival for Kentucky? I mean, I, yeah, Georgia, Florida, uh, Tennessee. I want, I want, you know, th- those are the tough matches. Okay. Uh, Do you ever play Woodruff we, in college? Is he a little older than you? A little older than me. He kicked yeah. my butt in the pros. My first year <laughs> in the pros, he was like in a fourth year. Mm-hmm. And he just actually destroyed me in my home ground at the Challenger in Lexington. Um, <laughs> he was he was a really really good player and a tough player when he played well. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. It's got to be fun to see all of these former. I mean, Roditi's a little older than you, but like you know, Goldstein's right around your. I probably same age as you uh, when you guys. Yeah, grew up, we're know. we're yeah we're the same age. Mm-hmm. And so is it fun yeah. to see all these former guys you competed against? You're now coaching against them. Not fun. You tell them, "Hey, boys, twelves, Goldstein hooked the crap out of me. You should not go play for Stanford." <laughs> or I had some battles with Roddick, you know, because yeah. um, <laughs> we're two kind of fiery kind of people. So cool. um, when you play, yeah, I mean, it's wonderful, uh, and I can see how their competitiveness in college has brought them to to college tennis, just like me. Uh, and they want to give back to the kids, and and um, I just love to have. You know those feelings of winning and losing, and and you know instead of the the, the nine to five maybe because I never I never wanted or thought about coaching college tennis right right after my my years on the circuit I wanted to go to New York and be on the stock market you know do the stock market thing and be in investments and stuff and Coach Emery bought me down for a season just said just try it for a year and I did and I was like oh I just got hooked on it <laughs> yeah that's I. Same, but not from the coaching side. Uh, but yes, very, very much agree. Although I tell coaches all the time, if you need a volunteer assistant, I'm your guy. Uh, well, listen, Peter, you know this. Peter Cobalt is going to be one of the best assistants, and I'm going to lose him. Yeah. Okay, so put. listen, you text me, you put your name in a hat. Yeah, I like it. My one-handed backhand is equally as effective, um, equally as – there's as much variance shot to shot as there was in Peter's back in the – actually, Peter had – beautiful backhand so that's a discussion for another time i have his match against alex damajan the one they played mm-hmm. at tulsa but then the one they played at the indoors when damajan beat him 7-5 in the third i like the sad part is i could still tell you the shots like oh the inside in forehand he missed on game point in that match 5-6 like he holds that I, again i'm a big yeah. cobalt guy <laughs> <laughs> and matt told me matt told me he made you throw up at uh at salabrook yo 
let me tell you, it was day one, too. Day one. And he's just, like, trying to set the tone, and we're joking around, and he's just like, just keep going side to side. And I was like, all right, whatever. And just, <laughs> every That said, it was, it was very, very funny. When you said Matt and Pete earlier, because I associate him with Pete Billingham, his former doubles partner, I was like, wait, I was like, you're talking doubles with Matt and Pete? And I was like, oh, Pete Cobell. I was like, I got yes, it. Yes, that's yeah. right. That's uh, right. That duo. But, uh, again, Coach, I am eternally grateful uh, for the kindness you guys have all shown us here at Crack Rackets. I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and chat today. My final question to you, when fans watch Kentucky compete in 2022, what do you want them to take away from the experience? Kids, um, I think they're, they're going to see kids that, that love tennis and then are really, really talented. They're mm-hmm. going to see those kids for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. I, I, we have a good team and we'll try to prove it uh i know it was a tough tough task to get a uh us you know maybe in the top 10 because there's a lot a lot of good teams Mm -hmm. and we'll just try to back it up and do better we had an hour and a half debate on like well what do we do with texas and it was like i don't know man because they're really good but it's like but 11 and 2 and 4 3 like how replicable is that at the same time yeah this year is going to be stacked and i think it goes without saying your team absolutely in the mix so eternally grateful you take the time to chat with me you're so welcome yeah always a pleasure to talk with you of course be safe be healthy we'll chat more soon all right bye hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with kentucky men's tennis head coach cedric kaufman a huge thank you to coach for taking the time to chat always enjoy picking his brain and again we will be wishing he and his wildcats luck throughout the course of the 2022 season but again This is the first of many interviews coming up with college tennis head coaches. Our goal to speak not only with each of the head coaches for our top 10 preseason men's and women's team, but I'm trying to speak with every Power 5 men's and women's tennis head coach before the start of the 2022 season. Paint a complete picture for all of you college tennis fans as we prepare for another exciting season. Of course, if you miss out on any of our content during the preseason, you can catch it all on our website, crackrackets.com. Of course, like, rate, subscribe, review to this show the great shot podcast where matt chris john parsons and i break down all of these teams at length and then of course tune in to the mini break podcast as well in case you need your daily updates on everything happening across the tennis world of course if you need the more immediate updates twitter instagram facebook youtube we are at crack rackets you want to message me directly i am at great shot pod a shout out as always to our super producer daniel westoff for the of editing job he does day in day out sincerely i know i say this a bunch imagine editing my voice all day editing my face on video all day then you walk out of your office and i'm your roommate he must really love me i know i certainly love him so shout out to you westoff but with all of that said for our fantastic guests kentucky men's tennis head coach cedric kaufman our super producer daniel westoff and all of us here at both cracked rackets and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin you've been listening to another edition of the cracked interviews podcast stay safe stay healthy we'll talk to you all soon thanks everyone